facing your giants. We've gotten a lot of mileage out of this story of David and Goliath. Would you agree? <laughs> and uh, uh, next week we'll start a, uh, a series of messages uh, based on Christmas. Uh, but today I wanted to finish off with uh, just one more message. And uh, I want to motivate you today. I want to I encourage you today. All right? Uh, the title of my message is I've Got Four Stones Left. I got four stones left. I'm looking at some giant killers in this place. I'm looking at some people. You, you've had an experience where God has taken you through some stuff. Maybe, maybe your situation was physical. Maybe it was in a relationship. Maybe it was financial. Maybe God delivered you from something that had control of you. But whatever that giant looked like, uh, and, and that's probably going to vary from person to person in here, but here we are, we just came through Thanksgiving, correct? And we look back, uh, especially on that day, but we should every day, and we are reminded of things that we should be thankful for, amen? We, we are reminded of the blessings of God. We're reminded when we have overcome circumstances which were difficult. You killed a a giant. You slayed Goliath. But I want to remind you today that that was not just a one-off. That was not one of these Cinderella stories like my... University of Illinois fighting Illini, beating Penn State or something like that, which was glorious, by the way. Some people would just call that a a fluke or an upset. I would call that God's will, but I digress. But I'm here to tell you that that giant that you might have slain in the past... That's one victory, but you've got four stones left. God's not done giving you victories. God's not done defeating the giants that come into your life. You think he was just going to answer one prayer of yours and that was it? Do you think you exhausted your, your prayer account and, and, and you're a little bit overdrawn when it comes to God blessing you? No. No, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, David, that uh, you got four stones left. You've got more victories to win, David. You've got more battles. And I want to use one more look at the story of David and Goliath to show you what I mean. So if you're able to, will you stand with me in honor of God's word? And I'm in 1 Samuel 17. This is where we've started for the last few weeks. 
And we're going to go down to verse 38. Okay? So 1 Samuel 17. And we're going to go to verse 38. Here's what it says. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. That's King Saul, by the way. He put a coat of armor on him and, and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. And then he took a staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Let's skip down now to verse 48. Skip down to verse 48. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. And reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and he struck the Philistine on the forehead and the stone sank in his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. I got four stones left. So Jesus, I pray that you would remind us that you're not done with us yet. God, there are more victories in front of us. There, are, there might be bigger battles, but God, we serve a bigger God. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the heart of every person hearing this message today. We will give you thanks and all the praise in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you are like a memorabilia, uh, kind of a, I won't say souvenir, but if there's something that kind of means a lot to you, you almost become a hoarder, but you're, you, you, you keep... You, you know, okay, ooh, there was this moment, and so I've got this thing from this moment. Anybody ever catch a baseball, for example, at like a major league park? Okay, okay, I've done that. I've got, I've got it encased and with the card of the guy uh, who hit it, and it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, every time I look at that baseball, I'm reminded that I got lucky enough that the ball ricocheted off of three other people, and then it came... <laughs> And while they nursed their wounds, I caught that baseball. Uh, but every time I see that ball, I'm reminded of that day at Comiskey Park in Chicago. I've always wondered, and we don't know, we don't know this for sure, okay? But I've always speculated, what did David do with the other four stones? See, he went to the creek and he chose five, but it only took one to kill Goliath. What do you do with the other four? <laughs> I, it makes me wonder if, if he had them like on his mantle somewhere, you know? And, 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 you know, showing the kids, see that? That's when dad took care of the giant when I was your age. You know, what have you done with your life? You know what I'm saying? All this stuff. But every time he looked at those four stones, he, he was reminded, I think, of that battle that he won. But then I tend to think further. 
for some reason, God told him to choose five stones. Only took one for the victory to come. I got to believe that David knew that if for some crazy reason he needed to slay a giant and all he had was a sling and a stone, God could do it again. You know what's tough sometimes is when we face the same giant that we faced in the past. And sometimes he resembles the exact same giant. And we read in the scripture that Goliath had at least two brothers, maybe three. I don't know if they were as big as him, but some have speculated, well, he he got the other stones for his brothers. I don't know if that's the case. But I do know this, that if David ever needed to use a stone again, he was confident, confident that there would be victory. Because the same God who healed you before and provided for you before and healed your relationship before and took care of you before and restored you before and saved your loved one before, the same God is the one who will do it again. So I was reading about what David had to say and and I was reading some of his writings in the Psalms. For those of you who don't know, there are uh, 150 Psalms in the Bible, in the book of Psalms. David wrote most of them. He didn't write them all. But the last five or so Psalms in the book of Psalms are all Psalms of praise where David comes up with these reasons to praise the Lord. And I was drawn this week to to see what David had to say years removed from picking up those five stones in the creek bed. What did he have to say about God? And it dawned on me. Boy, there's some things in this chapter, Psalm 145, that could really speak to us today. Because I will suggest to you that your mission is not to try to go conquer your trial by throwing rocks at it. Or maybe you've got a relationship that's not going well, so you should just pummel them with a rock. Pastor said I should. No. (laughs) Pastor did not say that. But as I read this scripture, it dawned on me, There are four qualities of God that I want to give you that could, giant killer, that could represent all four of the stones that you have left whenever Goliath comes again. Can I show you what I mean? Look at Psalm 145. If you want to turn there or you just want to follow on the screen, it's up to you. This is a psalm of David. He says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord. We sang that today, didn't we? 
Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and he's rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. This is the giant killer talking. So that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall, and he lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of the Lord look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him, and he hears the cry, and he saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. And as I kind of dissected that chapter that we just read, the Lord showed me four stones that each and every one of us have at our disposal Whenever we hear Goliath shouting, whenever we hear the lies of the enemy, whenever that giant appears spiritually in our lives or emotionally in our lives or whatever the case might be, when that crisis comes, we've got four stones that are available to us today. And I would like to show those to you. So today, and I'm going to go quick. Is that one of my catchphrases? I'm going to go quick? All right. My, my, my son's trying to make t-shirts with all my catchphrases, and he wants to sell them to pay for a new church sign. So here we go. Uh, let's take a look at the four stones that we giant killers have at our disposal. Again, I'm talking to people, you've tasted victory before. But now here's another battle. First of all, I would like to direct you to the stone of God's greatness. The stone of God's greatness. I'm so glad we sang that song today about the greatness of God, on the mightiness of God, because that is a truth that we desperately need to hang on to. And again, David opens this psalm in Psalm 145 with that thought. Again, bear with me, but look at these verses again and see how he describes God. He says, I'll extol you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness, his greatness, no one can fathom. 
One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts, your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. I gotta believe that when David hearkened back to that moment that he reached into his shepherd's bag, put one stone in a sling, and just slung that stone at this nine foot nine killing machine, he right there knew beyond of a shadow of a doubt that he served an incredibly mighty God. And see, what stone do you have at your disposal when Goliath comes again? When a giant starts making some noise in your life? When the difficulty comes and the crisis comes? You've got the stone of God's greatness. You are to be reminded, a church, that the greatness of God is more than the threat of your giant. The greatness of your God is more than the threat of your giant. Oh, it might seem like you can't conquer this thing, and I will tell you by yourself you can't. In fact, I will tell you that by yourself you're not designed to. We are designed to face Goliath with the help of the creator of the entire universe, that mighty and great God. Do you understand why your praise and your worship is so important here? See, because if you think your God is small, if you think your God is limited, if you think that your view of God is nothing more than a a nativity scene that you see this month, you need to understand that your God is way greater. His greatness, we just read, not one of us can fathom. If you have figured God out, your God is too small. I'll say it again. If you have figured God out, then your God is too small. Your concept of God is messed up because great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. The Lord is great and we cannot fathom, we cannot even figure out how great he is. Some of us, you've you've faced some stuff in the last year or two. These 20 months... These past 20 months have done a number on our country, on our world. They really have. And I'm not just talking physically. You know, the mental health crisis in our kids right now is for real. It's huge. Parents and grandparents, you've got to understand that there's a crisis that's going on in the lives of our, our, of our teenagers, our boys and our girls that we never had to come to grips with. What's going to save this generation? What's going to save our kids? What's going to save our grandkids, our great-grandkids? How is that going to be done? It, it, it's not going to be done through a government program. Amen. It's not going to be done through a doctor. It's not going to be done don't get mad at me, even through a vaccine. What's going to solve this crisis in our land right now is the greatness of God. It's Jesus Christ. So our first stone is the greatness of God. 
No matter how great my situation might be, God's greater. No matter how huge my battle is, God, God's bigger. And I can reach down into my bag and say, the greatness of God, that never stops. Can I identify a second stone to you today? Not only the, the stone of God's greatness, but David continues and he talks about the stone of God's goodness. The stone of God's goodness. Have you ever heard the uh, the phrase, you never want to meet your heroes? Right? Like somebody that you respect because they're such a great athlete, or they're such a great singer, or they're such a great whatever, actor. And then you finally get that moment to, to meet them. And they are a jerk. Have you ever, have you ever had that moment? It's like, oh, man, I'm your biggest fan. Uh, whatever. It's like, oh, I'm shattered. I thought he was so great. Well, he might have been great, but he wasn't really good. Some of these guys might be talented, but that doesn't mean they're nice. Doesn't mean they're role models. And see, here's the, here's the thing about this stone, okay? It's one thing. It's one thing to have this incredibly great God. But... As great as God is, he's also, in the same measure, he's also good. See, it'd be one thing if he was only great. Because then we can go to him like he's the great and powerful Oz, right? It's just like, courage. And, 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 you know, we'd be approaching him and not sure how, if we're going to get accepted, or if he likes us, or wants anything to do with us, but, but... but that's not how we come to God. In fact, the author of Hebrews says that we could come to the throne of grace with a confidence. We can come boldly because we know that he will give us grace in our time of need. Look how David put it starting in verse 7. Verse 7, he says, They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger. How many of you are glad he's slow to anger? Oh, my goodness. You ever feel like that you're like the bad kid in the spiritual family and just like, oh, okay, I'm out of the family. That's not God. That's not God. He is slow to anger. He is rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He is good to all and has compassion on all that he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. I want to remind you what that verse just said. The Lord's not good to some. He's good to all. Let me try this side. The, the, the Lord is not just good to some. The Lord is good to all. And he has compassion on all that he has made. So not one, per, not one person here. Understand me. Hear this. Not one person is the exception to that verse. Not one person is the exception to that verse. He is good, and he's good to you. And he has compassion, and he has compassion on you. And if you think that doesn't apply to you, then understand you have been lied to by the enemy of your soul. And you need to know the truth, because that truth will set you free. You see... 
It's one thing for me to say, okay, God, you can take care of it because I know you're, you're big enough and you're strong enough and you're mighty enough to do it. But then when I reach into this bag and I pull this stone out, I'm reminded, oh God, not only can you take care of it, but you take joy in doing that. I said, he takes joy in helping me. And he loves me. And he's good. He's not this evil, powerful tyrant. He's good. If our view of God is skewed, it's going to affect us negatively. And some of us may need to just keep this stone in our hand spiritually for a long time. Because we know he's good. He created all this stuff. Okay, we know he's powerful. Just look up at the sky and, and it's like, wow. But, but, but he loves me. And, and, he, and he's good to me. He's good. He's good to all. And when Goliath comes, this stone of goodness will remind you that you're not troubling God when you come to him with your giant. You're not getting on his nerves with that same prayer request over and over again. He's not sick of you. He's not tired of you. He has compassion on all that he has made. The stone of greatness and the stone of goodness. The third stone, because I got four stones left, so I'm halfway through the bag. The third stone, (laughs) some of you are thinking, how big is this bag? we're, We're getting there. The third stone is the stone of God's glory. The stone of God's glory. I almost missed this when I was reading this, these next three verses. I almost, I almost missed this. But God's so faithful. Starting in verse 11, it says, They tell of the glory of your kingdom. That word kingdom, that's big. And they speak of your might, uh, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom, again. Verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. (laughs) And your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all that he does. Your kingdom. Kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord's trustworthy in all he promises, and he's faithful in all he does. See, here's the, here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. Um, how many of you are learning that, that different people in our government can be controlled by other people? Potentially. I'm not saying it's happening. But it can happen. Okay? Or there could be somebody more powerful and, and, and or, or 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 maybe through other bad means a person in authority can be controlled when corruption sits in and things like that. But I serve 
a king. See, and he has a kingdom. Oh, don't miss this. You see, when I pull out this stone, I realize that the one I'm relying on is not just kind of up in the food chain. He, he's not like the number four guy. He's in charge. Better yet, he's in control. He's in control. See, sometimes, how many of you have been there? I have, where sometimes it seems like my life is a little out of control. You just sit there and you say, what's going on? And you feel like God's up there in heaven saying, I got nothing. Right? It's the worst. It's the last thing you ever want to hear from somebody you're depending on. I got nothing. But God never says that. See, part of his being a king is the fact that he is in control and he is in charge and he calls the shots and Nothing gets by my king without him knowing about it. He knew about Goliath before you knew about Goliath. He knew about Goliath when he was a baby at five foot eight. He, <laughs> that was funny. He knew, he knew about Goliath. He knew about his threats. He knew how strong Goliath was before you ever laid eyes on him, before you ever heard him say a thing, before you got touched by that difficult crisis and that situation that you're going through right now. God knew all about it, and he's not surprised, and he's not shocked in the least because this stone reminds me, the stone of his glory, that he's in control. He's in control. And don't you dare allow the enemy to convince you otherwise. Even if you have been a train wreck, God's still in control. You think you're going to stress God out? The Lord is good to all. Seven billion people on this earth, he's good to all. He loves them all. He died for them all. He's got you. He's got you. He knows your situation. He's in control. And so maybe I don't need to be reminded of his greatness. And maybe I don't need to be reminded of his goodness. But maybe, maybe I need to be reminded of his glory. Because he's still sovereign. He's still in control. And he will never, ever not be in control. I got one more stone left. And I love this one. This one is the stone of his grace. This one's the stone of his grace. (laughs) We've looked at his greatness, his goodness, his glory. But this stone, this one's real personal to me because it's the stone of his grace. And I'm learning that I need his grace a lot. 
Starting in verse 14, look what the giant killer says about his grace. It says, the Lord upholds all who fall. Mm. And he lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and he's faithful in all that he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. I've been serving the Lord for a while. I'd love to tell you I always get it right. I don't. I don't. And sometimes I am not much of a reflection of the Lord that I claim to serve. (laughs) Sometimes my attitude will get the best of me. Sometimes, well, I'm not going to give you my whole dirty list today. But you've got one too. And we don't always get this right. David. We uncovered earlier in this series, the giant killer. Didn't always get it right. Several times he messed up. This man who killed the giant also had a soldier killed so that he could be with that man's wife. That's that's Jerry Springer stuff there, folks. Right? Let's face it, it's just like, what trailer are you living in? And so, so David understood the need for grace. And he talks about, when I fall down, he upholds me and he lifts me back up. See, understand, when I don't get it right, there's nobody cheering for me more than God the Father. <laughs> and so, all these, all these other stones in my shepherd's bag, they're not dependent on my conduct. They're not dependent if my resume is good. They're not dependent on how great I am. They're all dependent on the Lord. You see, when, when, when you understand that you need God for grace, then, then here's the deal. Whenever we fall or whenever we are weak, we can always rely on the grace of God. And I'm not just talking about sin, but... He feeds those who are hungry. We read that. He comforts those who are weary. He gives help to the helpless and hope to the hopeless. That's that's the stone of grace. 
And when my giant tells me I can't be forgiven, when my giant tells me that God is so detached from me that he can't take care of me, when my giant tells me that even though I am worn out, I I can't find any strength whatsoever, then I, I pull out this stone of God's grace. And I'm reminded that he forgives. He gives strength to the weary. He provides for those. He gives me his help. My help comes from the Lord. He gives me hope when I'm in need. Oh man, I look around here, I see some giant killers. I did your relative's funeral in the past. Saw you in the hospital. Got the message from you. And it was rough. And you weren't sure just how big this giant was. It seemed like a nine foot nine fighting machine. God helped you, and and look at you today. Look at you today. You're here. You're victorious. You're alive. Some of you should be dead. I ain't joking. Some of you should be dead, but God kept you alive. Some of you should be divorced, but God kept you together. Some of you should just be in miserable shape, but, but here you are. You're not perfect, but here you are. And you, you defeated that giant. But on this Thanksgiving weekend, I want you to realize you might have used one stone, but you got four stones left. And you have the stone of his greatness. And if you need to rely on his power at work in your life again, he's there to remind you that you've got that stone. Maybe you need to be reminded of his goodness. That he is good to all, and that includes you. You are not the exception to what his word says. And maybe today, as you grab that stone spiritually, you need to understand, I am not the exception. I am everything that the Bible says that I am. And God, you are everything that the Bible says that you are. And you are good. We just need to be reminded today that he's in control. You're clueless, but he's in control. And if you're like me, you hate being clueless. I need a plan. I need two plans, maybe three. And when I'm clueless, God says, I got this. Maybe you need to be reminded of his grace. Because David didn't always get it right, and neither do we. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Lord is my shelter. He is my strength. He is my shield. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. What stone do you need to pull out of your bag today? David, the Lord's here to help you conquer that giant one more time. Ralph, can you help me if you would? Would you all stand? Did you get anything out of this here today? You've got, you got four stones left. And you know what's great? 
You're never going to run out. Never. So today, if you need to be reminded of his greatness, David, that's there for you. If you need to be reminded of his goodness, he loves you. In the midst of this awesomeness, he loves you. You need to be reminded of his glory because you think he might have lost control because you've lost control. He's got you. He's got your country. He's got your family. He's got you. He's got it all. Or you need to be reminded of his grace. God, I've been anything but faithful. I come to you and I ask you, let's start this over again. What stone, what stone do you need to pull out of your shepherd's bag, David? The Lord who killed that giant in the past is here to help you kill this giant today. Let's bow our heads. Jesus. I'd like to ask, today, you're not in right relationship with the Lord. You're not right with him at all. And you need his forgiveness today. You need him to... You just need to start over with the Lord. The Holy Spirit's calling out to you. He's calling out to you. And he's here to forgive you. And I will not embarrass you, but I want to ask you today, are you in need of his grace and his forgiveness here today. If that is you, could you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Some hands are going up. Is there anyone? I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. And I want you to pray. I need God's forgiveness today. How many of you? Thank you. I don't want to rush you. God's here to forgive you. God's here to forgive you. But I got a feeling that there are some people that need to pull some stones out of their shepherd's bag today. That stone of greatness, his goodness, his glory, or his grace. And today, you need to say, Lord, this is what I need. I want you to have those conversations with Jesus today before you leave this place. And there's no judgment here. Just talk to him. Speak to him and let him speak to you. So we're going to turn this place into a place of prayer. I am going to pray a prayer that I'm going to ask all of us to pray together. And then when I say amen, I'm going to just turn you loose to seek the Lord. You may want to come to this front altar and pray. You may want to just sit or turn at your seat. However you can connect with God, that's what's most important. So before you go any further today, Meet with your God, David. Meet with your God, giant killer, because he's got another victory over the horizon for you. So Jesus, we ask you that you would touch every person that is here today. And God, there were a number of people who raised their hands saying that they need you to forgive them and they need to start over with you. So God, we pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me 
of all of my sin. Come into my heart and make me right with you. God, help me to live for you. But Jesus, wipe away my sin. And God, give me that redo. Give me that time to start over. A fresh start with you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd meet with every single person who needs to speak with you today. Lord God, I ask you that you'd remind us of your greatness and your goodness and your glory and your grace. And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do in every life here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need to pray, if you need to spend some moments with the Lord, would you please do that? before you leave this place. And when God's done with you and you're done with him, feel free to consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.